0: Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Friday Reporter Podcast. It's a podcast where me, Lisa, the host, interviews journalists and the journalism adjacent about their work. The Friday Reporter Podcast is in partnership with PR Daily. And if you don't know about PR Daily, it is a tremendous uh, resource for communicators like myself and you and and the folks you work with. Uh, PR Daily actually just launched what's called the PR Daily Leadership Network. It's a peer-to-peer brainstorming and networking opportunity for mid-level communicators, Uh, access to uh, measurement of SEO, uh, business fluency, presentation training, lots of other opportunities there at prdaily.com. If you're interested in the PR Daily Leadership Network, be sure to mention that you heard about it on the Friday Reporter Podcast to receive $500 off of your membership. Okay, so we're going into the next episode, episode uh, 86 of the Friday Reporter. But today, what's super exciting is this is my first now ever repeat guest. And I'm talking to Reed Wilson today because he is getting ready to announce or has been announcing, but is getting ready to launch Pluribus News as the founder and editor in chief. Reed Wilson, welcome back.
1: Thanks, Lisa. Thanks so much for
0: having me. I uh, okay, so I'm I'm really excited to get into it because I know you've been doing a lot behind the scenes. You guys have a great website up. You're hiring journalists. You're hiring freelancers. Like, talk to me a little bit about how this all came about. Like, tell, what can you tell me about how how this idea came to you and how you got started.
1: So I think we talked the last time about just how important it is, just how important public policy is from the state level. Mm-hmm. And there are a million publications that are covering the 535 people under the Capitol dome and what, you know, the, the things that happen in Congress are the few things that happen in Congress, but there's no one publication that looks outside the beltway, dedicates itself to looking outside the beltway and what happens in Sacramento or Albany or Austin today happens in 25 states next year and then it happens you know federally the year after that. Mm-hmm. Think about over the last three decades welfare reform in the 1990s, Bill Clinton's signature issue. What was it? It was a project of four Republican governors in the Midwest, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The Affordable Care Act under Obama started as Romney Care up in Massachusetts. Criminal justice reform, the one thing that Trump did in a bipartisan way, uh, started out, if you can believe it, as a project of George Soros and the Koch brothers in Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. So, so often what happens in the states balloons out to other states and then Mm -hmm. it goes to DC. And you can see these trends happening across state lines Uh, And you sort of know that they're coming to other states next. And Mm -hmm. I I, I use the example of Sacramento or Albany or Austin, but it doesn't, you know, big ideas don't have to come from big states. Um, The first legislature to legalize recreational pot was Vermont. And (laughs) now like five other states, including your home state of New Jersey, uh, have done the same thing, right? And um, so there are all these cool ideas that are coming out of state legislatures. And there's no one group that's covering them exclusively. And so that's what I've really been doing for the last decade. And I thought, why not expand this? You know, I can only cover so many stories. Why not hire people to be, you know, experts on healthcare in the States and energy and the environment in the States and disruption in the States. I think we're going to put together a really cool publication and tell that story of the puzzle pieces that are happening now that are going to add up to a big federal puzzle next year you know the next version of welfare reform the next version of the affordable care act like it's out there today yes we just don't know which one it is
0: and maybe you can even affect that like accelerate that to some degree because you're seeing it happen and you're reporting on it and maybe people start to pay close anyway with access to information maybe people can make good decisions and you can help move that along right
1: and and like look there are there are 7383 state legislators in America and the vast majority of them aside from California and occasionally New York you know they're not full time uh they they they're probably doing legislating as a second job or as a retirement project or something okay. and so and they don't have staff uh yeah. they don't have permanent staff at least and so they don't like have that structure that say a member of congress does to learn about you know issue x or issue y they're they're certainly not subject matter experts on everything mm-hmm. and so the way these legislators deal with that is they look to their analogies which are to the states next door the states across the country you know when when something passes in in california every other state looks at it mm-hmm. when something passes in minnesota or texas or florida some new idea everybody sort of sits up and says, "Hmm, that's interesting. And then those ideas get imported across state lines. And so, I mean, I I suppose our goal is really to provide the legislators with their next big idea, Uh whether you're, you know, super liberal or super conservative or straight down the middle. um, You're looking for new ideas. Hey, we can we can help you find one.
0: Right, right um and so you talk about this 7300 7383 7, 3. i mean that's a lot of legislators if you think about it right uh, do you see those guys as your sort of your target audience as those Absolutely. legislators for yeah
1: yeah no we we want i mean i i people ask you know have are, are you going to come with a conservative bent or a liberal bent and like my 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 answer to them is always my core audience is elected officials who ran and won as democrats or republicans mm-hmm. so if i come to them with a conservative or liberal argument like they're not going to listen to me right my only option is to basically point to point them to hey here's an idea that's come out of another state and it may be a super conservative idea or a super liberal idea or increasingly a bipartisan idea uh that they might take and tinker with and, and fit to their own state i'll give you an example um california just passed a big bill on uh privacy that that governs how companies like Facebook and Google and YouTube can use algorithms to target kids mm-hmm. um it was uh, sponsored or authored by a an assemblywoman who represents Berkeley like you know pretty probably a pretty liberal uh member of the assembly i, I mean i know her she's she's one of the one of the more liberal members of the california assembly sure. but I also know the state representative in Minnesota, who's a Republican, who's going to introduce pretty much the same bill next year. About that? So there, you know, in, in this in this big, fraught world of tech and and how to regulate privacy and, you know, it's becoming an increasingly partisan issue. Well, here's a Democrat and a Republican from two different states who both said, hey, look, here's you know, here's something we can agree on. Uh, kids and algorithms like yeah. protecting kids from dangerous algorithms. Mm-hmm. Great. That's the low hanging bipartisan fruit. Let's go do it that's a great story. That's like, that's the story that I want to tell.
0: Yeah. And so as you get into those ideas and as you start to build, right. And you've been at this now for, I mean, it's, it's launching the, the pluribus news will launch. You said early October, okay, right?
1: October 3rd.
0: Okay. October three. You have been in an aggressive hiring position, right? You're bringing a lot of people on. Tell me a little bit about how that process is going.
1: Oh man. Yeah. So that was, that was interesting. So we, we, we've hired four reporters and a managing editor and then two folks on the business side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're all pretty senior people. Uh, I mean, people with long careers, like I hate to, I hate to, to damn them with, with faint praise, but like people who are my age, you know, my advanced, <laughs> advanced age. Um, I'm older so than you. <laughs> well, I know, but you don't look I uh, there it. There are, you know, th- these are mid-career people. And yeah. so like,
0: are they in? Are they in DC? Or are they other places?
1: Two of them are in DC. One is in Colorado. One is in Washington State. Cool. Uh, and so they are uh, like I, I had to do this sales job with investors. Mm-hmm. I'm having to do sales jobs with advertisers, but I also had to do, I had to sell the reporters too. On I bet. like Hey, take a risk. Like it's a startup, right? It's a risk. Yeah. So take a risk. Here's my plan. Here's the money I've raised and and what we've done and. You know, come take a gamble on me, and and they did. I mean, I think I think people saw the the, the potential for this thing, the potential to have fun telling different kinds of stories, um, getting out of their comfort zone a little bit, uh, and sort of invigorating themselves and and it, doing doing something new and different that's not the same thing that they've been doing for years.
0: Yeah, and I love too that it looks like not only are you looking for full time, but you're also looking for freelancers, folks that are in the states that's an opportunity for, for folks that perhaps because there has been so much change in yeah. the news coverage in the States, which is crazy to me. Um, are you finding that that's been a good resource, a good opportunity to pick some folks up?
1: It has been. Um, I, I remember, I remember walking into the California, uh, state capitals press room for the first time, uh, with a buddy of mine from the Los Angeles times and, looking around and there's a there's like a plaque, a, a, you know, brass plaque at every at every space that says the name of the outlet that's supposed to sit there. And I turned to my buddy and I said, where where am I supposed to sit? Like, I'm you know right for The Washington Post. We don't have a space here.
0: Yeah.
1: He said, "Oh, sit wherever you want. 70 percent of these outlets either don't exist or don't send anybody to Sacramento anymore.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Said, oh, that's not great. Wow. But and, and you know, that's the case in a lot of state capitals. News coverage is way down. But the reporters aren't gone. They're just doing something else. That's so right. um, this is like building this freelance network is a way that we can have a footprint in all of these States.
0: Mm-hmm. And in a
1: lot of cases with, big name reporters who have, you know, 10, 15 year reputations. So if I need um, a profile of a prominent state house speaker, who's rising to prominence, or um, if I need a write-up of, of some important bill that is, that's probably going to be the model for other places, other States elsewhere, you know, I can call a really veteran seasoned reporter and say, Hey, go figure out what, you know, go figure out what's going on here. Write me a story and I'll pay you, you know, X number of dollars. And, uh, and then we both win, you know, how the reporter gets a paycheck and I get a really cool story from somebody who knows what they're talking about.
0: What's your point of view on the changing landscape of state papers? Do you have one? Like, I mean, because as you're building this, it must have crossed your mind that, that, that you're, you're trying to find a way to sort of reinvigorate uh, that, at least some of that that has been lost by the loss of some of these papers.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it is really sad to see, I mean there's there's a natural like people retire and people move on and all sure. that but when a lot of the reporters who I grew up reading have retired like they're not getting replaced mm-hmm. um you know there's no there's no new person who's coming in to do the state capital reporting and you know this is this is entirely my bias but I I think that the state capital reporting is so hugely important not just because uh of the, the sort of cross border pollination that like mm-hmm what happens in one state is going to happen in another next year, sure. but also because your state legislator is, has a bigger impact on your life or can have a bigger impact on your life than your member of Congress or your Senator, or even your president. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, think about your local school who, who pays most of the bills. That's the state and, and the city or the local locality. You know, it's not the feds um, who pay you when, when, the, when Congress passes a massive transportation bill, you know who spends the money on the projects? It's not Secretary Buttigieg or, or Transportation Committee Chairman DeFazio. No, it's your state representative who's pointing out the the project in uh, in your street. I mean, I guess it's ironic. We were talking before we hit record that both of our streets are being <laughs> repaved right now. You know, uh, that's a state thing. Progress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it is. So like it is. It is. It, it's it's this weird. Um, Sort of uh, disconnecting politics. That the more we pay attention, or rather, that the, the offices that we pay attention to the most are the ones that are actually most removed from us. Yes, and ones that we should pay attention to the most: mm-hmm. State legislators, city council members. Like they're the ones who have the most influence in our lives. Isn't that interesting?
0: And it is. I think that that's lost on people too. I mean, it's really become because the national news is what people are consuming. It's, it's kind of lost in them how the process works. So this is, I mean, it's a great, I'm super excited for the launch. I'm super excited to get get into it and see the work that you guys are covering because I, I know it's going to be fantastic because we've worked together for years and you always, every time you put a good thought to paper, it always comes out great. So I'm excited about that. I'll do what I can. What, uh, tell me a little bit about, um you know, every publication has sort of an ebb and a flow in terms of, Is it a newsletter? Is it a website? Is it a um, talk to me a little, because obviously that's probably a big piece of what you're working on behind the scenes too. tell me a little bit about Pluribus, what it's going to look like when it launches, what kinds of things can people look forward to?
1: Yeah. So the, so we've got two sort of main products uh, that we're, that we're launching on October 3rd, we launch a free daily newsletter uh, that will get you all caught up to speed on what you need to know that's happening in the States in five to seven minutes. It's a quick read Great. For, for those of, for those of your audience who is, who are, are veteran enough, like you and I think of the hotline wake up call, the okay. old, old hotline, like that's my call. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm an old hotliner myself. And so are a couple of my staff writers. Um, so we'll, we'll sort of channel that. Um, I love that healthy degree of a sense of humor and not taking ourselves too seriously while also getting you caught up on news. You need to know right now. Yeah. The second product launches November third, and it's a, a what I'm calling a digital magazine, but it's really um, a fancy way to describe a curated newsletter mm-hmm. that is going to deliver the re, what what my reporters are writing on those trend stories across state lines, the interesting uh, legislation that's coming up, the um, hot new topic that uh, maybe you know flaring up in, in one state that's going to go elsewhere, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean that is. So that, that goes out twice a week beginning in October, in in November, November 3rd. Got it. And Eventually that'll become a subscriber product. But um, I mean, our, our real focus there is putting those puzzle pieces together across state lines, and it's going to go for free to all the state legislators and the, and their staff and, and eventually to subscribers who uh, will pay some money for it, who are going to want, going to want to keep up with those sorts of trends that are happening across the country. Mm -hmm. Um, And, those articles are drawn from what we publish on the website. And the, <laughs> it's funny. I had a, I had a, um, a, uh, an editor at the post who, if I would write a story for the Sunday paper, he would edit it and then post it on Thursday on online. And right. I'd be like, what, 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 what are you doing? Why, you know, it's supposed to go on the Sunday paper. He said, come on, man, it's a digital first world. Just publish it. Like, just put it online. I thought, yeah. Oh, well, that's a smart way to think about it. Yeah. So, those stories will be on the site, you know, behind the paywall, Mm -hmm. uh, but we will still then be able to curate them and package them and send them to our, our subscribers sort of highlight what we're doing this week.
0: Right. Right. And so, uh, And you've got a good business team, because I know at least one of the people that you poached from another uh, publication, a good friend of mine, who I'm thrilled is going to be working with you, uh, tell her I said hi. But I am curious, too, like, as you guys start to think about that business piece, there's a lot now, I know. So like, everything is moving at the same time, you're basically, I mean, you're, you're launching a big brand new company. Will you consider um, state events, activities. I mean, I have to believe that that's another piece of that puzzle in terms of um business development and other cool ideas that you'll come up with.
1: Yeah, and I and I think that's the important part of of connecting and sort of promoting what these legislators are doing. I mean, we we we've all proved during the pandemic that we can do virtual events and I can I can put together the speaker of the state house of Washington and Iowa and Florida in the same room, and yeah. nobody has to fly across the country. Isn't that great? Half an hour conversation about whatever policy those speakers are are thinking about right now. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, uh, you know, a cool thing we can do is g- like in in uh, so all these legislators have different rhythms, right? And mm-hmm. so in in California, for example, you know, the governor releases his his uh, preliminary budget in January, and then he and the legislature negotiate and, and you know sort of horse trade, and then they they release a, a revised budget in May, mm-hmm. and that May budget revision is always a huge moment in California politics. So I can imagine an event where we spotlight you know Governor Newsom's proposals on X, Y, or Z, uh, whatever it happens to be, you know, with a live event in Sacramento that we invite all the legislators to and all the staff to, but then we've also got everybody, uh, you know, beamed in from, from elsewhere. Um, that sort of hybrid event is, is a really attractive model too, because you get the best of both worlds. You get the, the in-person sort of touch that, um, that those, that those in-person events bring. And you also just get the broader audience, Um, who are going to want to hear about the cool idea coming out of Sacramento or Albany or Austin.
0: You guys are going to be, you're also going to be a go-to resource for, uh, for legislative, no, excuse me, for, for like legislative agents, for people that are government affairs types for various companies that, that have a big region, right. Where they have to cover six or seven legislators, you know, legislatures to see what's going on. You're going to be a go-to resource for these government affairs people too.
1: I hope so. And I mean, this is the, the, you know, the, the, a point that somebody made to me the other day is like in, in modern business, i oh, sorry about the honking outside. Right, My here. dog
0: is barking too. It's all good. <laughs> We're yeah. living our life here. And <laughs> yeah.
1: in, in, like in, in modern business, you know, unless you are the smallest of small businesses, you're doing business across state lines. Like yeah. you're, you're in multiple jurisdictions, you're, you're paying taxes. And you know, I, I can tell you I've registered for tax accounts in more States than I care to remember at the moment. <laughs> um, but uh this is and, and so this is how modern lobbying and 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 legislating works too. So I mean, great. You know, you're not just you're not just looking at um what's happening in your own backyard. You need to know where I don't know, like if in, in so okay I'm I'm from Washington State. Boeing was one of the big uh you know companies out there. Mm-hmm. Uh when I was growing up they still have you know eighty thousand employees in the Puget Sound area. Well that's for putting together the airplane where does the wing come from the wing comes from kansas or wait no i think the fuselage comes from kansas so they got to put it on a train and all right well that gets into to kansas manufacturing laws and labor laws and so suddenly you know uh, uh labor relations in kansas matter for working conditions in washington state sure and, and global supply chains are all connected and all of that and and so is global legislating almost mm-hmm. and and so now suddenly you don't just need to know what's happening in your backyard or even your neighbor's backyard. You need to know what's happening in the backyard of the other the guys on the other side of the country. For
0: sure. Yeah. And, and, and that's the other thing too, because all of those legislatures have different rhythms, right? I mean, some, you know, my home state of New Jersey, they call themselves a full-time legislature, but they're there, you know, twice a week, uh, you know, throughout the year. Everything is different, so that's going to be also too it's going to be a different rhythm for you as you guys are reporting as well, unlike right. where you know our inside the beltway friends are covering congress and and the, you know when they're here in town, when they're not in town, we're paying attention to their midterms or so it's a different rhythm, different cadence, but you've been at that for a while. I mean you've been obviously when you were at um the hill, that was a big piece of what you were focused on. you were focused in the states yourself
1: yeah, yeah, and I mean this is it it's so interesting. To see those different rhythms at play. I mean, you know, California, just in the last couple of weeks, has done some really big policy stuff. Uh, you know, two months before an election. Mm-hmm. Texas is in, in the second largest state in America. Their legislature is in for three months every two years. That's it. And then they're gone. Wow. And, you know, every now and then there will be a special session for a week or something like that, but. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. The second largest state in the country, and they just you know whatever they get their work done, and then they do you know they prepare for stuff in the interim and um, and all of that. So so yeah, every state has these different rhythms. You know, Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania, New Jersey—they're in all year round. Um, Nevada is another state that only meets every other year, uh, but I, mean, I just, I think it's, I think it's crazy, and and so our- they are a
0: little crazy, yeah, but yeah. you're right, some of these people have full-time jobs, yep. and this is something that they do as part of their life, right? I mean, this yeah. is kind of their volunteer gig. Um, yeah. Will you focus in on specific policy areas? Are there specific verticals that you guys are looking at in terms of, like, at least as you get started, are there different issues that you're focusing on?
1: Yeah, this is and I think this is how we're different from anybody who's tried this before. So in the past, people who have tried to cover legislatures exclusively have done it with a Sacramento person and a Tallahassee person and a Des Moines person, you know, <laughs> one person in every state capital. Um, that's not how we're looking at this. We are looking at this through the lens of policy. Uh So I have one healthcare reporter and she is going to report on healthcare policy across the country. Now that doesn't mean she's going to write about all 50 States every year, right? But every year there are going to be five or 10 or 15 really interesting issues that come up, uh, that she's going to want to cover because those are going to become the trend that everybody follows moving forward. Mm -hmm. So we'll have somebody covering energy and the environment. We've got somebody covering the uh, infrastructure and disruption, which I think is going to be absolutely fascinating. That's the the privacy piece and the marijuana piece and uh, and the crypto piece and you know all of this,
0: all the new uh, emerging stuff that's going to mm-hmm. happen. Yeah,
1: right. Emerging technologies. How do you even define them? Um, and then we'll have somebody covering uh, the economy, budgets, taxes, regulations. The what, what I'm calling sort of the money bucket. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that. These states uh, uh, make their money and and regulate businesses who who obviously make their money for them. So those are those are the areas where we start. But states are so dynamic that there's there are obvious areas to grow. Yeah, I mean, my next hires are going to be you know an education reporter, a housing reporter, right?
0: Um, The issues that people are really that are closer to home, right? That people are not getting from their national news.
1: Well, and that and that are so huge in the states. I mean, I was talking to a. I was doing an event a couple of weeks ago with a California assemblywoman who deals with housing and the speaker of the West Virginia state house who and you know you can't imagine two more different people than a very liberal democrat and a very rural r- rural conservative republican and the assemblywoman started talking about housing and the speaker was like well, we should talk about that because there are the same issues I popping up that. in West Virginia so like mm-hmm. that's that's the cool thing is it you know it's you think about housing and you think, oh, density and high rises, but it's also, you know, just building housing for workers in rural areas, too. And so that's that's the cool thing that, that I really love when when those kinds of conversations come out of two people who would otherwise never find a reason to talk.
0: Yeah, you're giving them an excuse to have a conversation about an issue that they can see eye to eye on. I love that. Yeah. Is there uh, is there an interest or a desire to cover state races? Or are you staying mostly in the policy space at this point?
1: So we'll cover what we can of the sort of gubernatorial contests, okay. uh, and we will keep track of changes in control of chambers. So mm-hmm. you know there are ninety-nine legislative chambers across America. Uh, we'll keep track of of who controls each of them. But you know, with with seven thousand three hundred eighty-three races uh, over the course of a of a three-year span in a lot of these countries or in a lot of these states. Um, that's, that's a little much to cover. Plus I'm, I'm not sure there's a huge appetite for, you know, covering the, the sixth district of Idaho or whatever it happens to be. So we'll stick with the top level 30,000 ha- stuff.
0: I have to ask though, because you posed a question, a trivia question on Twitter at one point about there today are 7,383 legislators, but in yeah. January, there will be 7,386. Who's adding legislators?
1: Yeah, that's right. Wyoming is adding one senator and two representatives. Interesting. So this this happens every just about every redistricting year. Is
0: that uh, because of population growth or is that because why no, is No,
1: it's just the better way to to organize a state. And Wyoming's pretty small anyway. I think they've got I think they've only got twenty senators and forty representatives, um, which, you know, contrast that to the New Hampshire House of Representatives, which is four hundred people. Um, that's, you know, it's pretty small.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Well, I am super excited for you. I think that this is super fun. Thank you. Thank you for coming back on the show to tell me about what you're doing. We will pay close attention. We will get everybody to pay attention and and be reading and and watching. Uh, Tell me, before I let you go, is there someone that I should talk to, uh, another recommendation for a future guest?
1: Yeah. And I think this person has a nice uh, nexus of experience in the States and experience at the federal level. Uh, and has the benefit of not being based here in D.C. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's Melanie Mason from the Los Angeles Times. Um, I met her the first time. Um, She was one of the two L.A. Times buddies I talked about when I walked in uh, to that press room the first time. Uh, But I I used to hang out with her and her her colleague, Chris McGarrian, in in Sacramento every time I went out there. Mm -hmm. Now she's based in L.A. and covers uh, federal politics. And uh, she is an absolute expert at everything she does. And it's interesting to see somebody's perspective from the sort of from the West Coast, as opposed to being based here in the Beltway or anywhere else on the East Coast, right. um, you know, as a as a West Coast guy, I love that.
0: I love that too. Well, I'm going to tell her that you nominated her, and I'm so grateful for your time. I wish you all the best with your new venture, Pleurabus News, ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention, October three, it gets started. Reed, thanks so much.
1: Hey, thanks a lot, Lisa. I appreciate it.
0: And that's today's Friday Reporter podcast. A podcast in partnership with PR Daily, a tremendous and helpful guide for all things public relations. Find us there on their website and join us again for another episode soon. Thanks so much.
1: On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era